ready. Okay, call the regular meeting to order. The first item on the agenda is land acquisition. Mr. Steele. Mr. Steele, you're muted. Good. Yeah, we, we did present the board with an appraisal uh, this evening, and we just need a motion for the board to uh, tell us which direction to go with this. Mr. Steele, I make a motion that we proceed with the negotiating on uh, the purchase of this property in front of Indian River High School. Uh, proceed with the administration discussing with uh, the sellers uh, regarding the appraisal and price. Okay. Is there a second to the motion? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? Opposed? That is unanimous. Next item is personnel. Need a motion to approve the personnel agenda. So moved. Second. Second okay. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? Favor the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Nothing for, uh, wait, hold on just a second. That was the agenda. Need a motion to approve the addendum. Uh, second. Second. All in favor of the motion, excuse me. May have a motion made and seconded. All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion for a contractual agenda? Made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 That is unanimous. The uh, Board of Education June addendum number two, the three items that was discussed. Is there a motion? Second. Second. All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Unanimous. Thank you. Nothing for litigation. Negotiations. We agreed to sign the MOU. Uh, no student hearings. But just to sustain your meeting, just start in a few seconds. Next item would be the uh, school. Being your school choice applications, and again, we are not bringing kindergarten applications um, for a board vote. Uh, we did talk about that at policy committee this evening. So this evening, we are asking the board for their approval on 37 school choice applications to accept 18 and put 19 on the wait list. I want to, uh, to bring you your attention to the Southern Delaware School of the Arts on the very bottom section there from the Subbyville Middle School. There are two seventh graders that are listed as priority seven. Actually, that should be priority number five. Both of those students are at Subbyville Middle School not priority seven is listed on your board docs. Jeff, can I ask a question? Um, um, can you hear me all right? 
Yes, I can hear you, Ms. Tussie. Uh, looking at Suffolk, I see one at Georgetown Middle, but it's accepted, so I'm assuming that's a, a sibling. Um, well, it may not be. I'm not sure what that is. I'll ask you about that, too. But if we have schools that are 105% and we have people that are, all, are six and seven priorities, is there a reason why we're putting them on a wait list and not telling them that they're declined or whatever? Yeah, uh, in particular for North Georgetown Elementary, these are brand new um, applications that came in. Um, as we've done in the past, we have put them on a wait list, but we can certainly reject them due to capacity if that's what the board wishes to do. I'm, all, I'm just asking that. I mean, we they're way down the list. Sure. These people, you know, need to hear an answer so they can do something else. That's the only reason I bring it up. Understood. Are we, as a board, directing the school choice office now to say anyone that's in those priorities, because we're over capacity, and I believe 95% was our cutoff, that they automatically go in data services and they receive that letter that we're not accepting? I'm just throwing that out, Mr. Wright. No, I'm just asking a question now that we've thrown that out, and we know that, yes, that is the reason do we now allow them to go ahead and get their work done so that they're done with that and they can move on? I would think it'd be a good idea, but I'm, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm just throwing out the idea to see what everybody else thinks. And Pep, they've wanted for Georgetown Middle, it's a priority seven. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Yes, that particular um, student, as you can see, they are under the 95%. So I see that. And that would give them one student, so that would put that right now they're at 93.9. .9, so with that particular student, uh, that would put them at 94%. I got you. I see that now. Thank yes, sir. you. Mr. Lewis, I think when I asked about this last month, so thank you, Mr. Hudson, for bringing that up because I had also brought that up last month um, that we should certainly try to let those folks know if if our if, if we would not be able to so that they can make other plans but wasn't um, one of the schools trying to create some space yes that was the uh, Georgetown elementary and Georgetown middle school okay and we uh, did revise those numbers I think for the last board meeting dr. Stanley And I can go over those with the Georgetown Elementary capacity was 1,024 students and Georgetown Elementary. Between those two buildings. So I, I would think as a matter of procedure, I agree with, with Mrs. Wright and Mr. Hudson that um, we probably can go ahead and, and at least consider implementing that procedure in all fairness to the families. Okay. So uh, Dr. Sattler, if that's 
I would think that you would need to make a motion for a vote. And I think, uh, I'm not sure how you want to present that, but um, to include those schools and those buildings that are at 95% and above, to go ahead and to, to send them a rejection due to capacity, is that, is that what you're saying? Mr. Collins, should we take that to the policy meeting just for further discussion or? Dr. Statter, I just received a uh, text from Mr. Collins. He's in an emergency meeting at uh, the town of okay. right now. He may be a couple minutes late uh, getting online. Unless anybody's opposed, I think we should probably take it to the policy meeting, but I think that's a, that should be a procedure. I would think that would be a good idea to take it to, to policy, I think, and discuss it, make sure everybody's okay with it. I agree. Yes, I'm back on. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree that it should go through the policy and then we can bring it back. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Yes, sir. Mr. Barley, before we leave school choice, I know the previous month in May, there was a number that's changed a little bit, but it's in-district students that go to our high schools and they want a choice out of the school. That's their feeder program, Sussex Central to Indian River and vice versa. And I think it was like 11 students leaving Central going to Indian River and then Indian River was going to lose six students and go across and we had talked a little bit about it. I'm not sure if we talked about it at the board meeting, but before May's meeting, the principals needed to review. And I think that the principals have reviewed it. I don't know if they're able to talk about it, but because of tonight's agenda, tonight's agenda specifically denotes that it's school choice applications for 2020, 2021, June 20th. Previously, we've been able to uh, wordsmith this that we could go back months and look at modifying some of our decisions but the agenda tonight says June 2020 so I can't make that motion but I've asked for the July meeting to allow that to be discussed one and then taken to a vote I don't I don't think that flies in the face of any policy we were going to modify I assumed we would be discussing that tonight but I apologize uh, my review this afternoon saw where they dated June 2020, which would inhibit us from voting on that. So the in-district parents will have to wait one more month if that's something we would allow. So I just want to kind of bring that up and say we're not going to discuss, we're not going to vote, but it's something to be brought up in uh, July's meeting. Mr. Layfield, I think that came up um, quite a while ago and we were told that once they're on for a year, they can be brought up at any time as long as it's mentioned on the on the, on the board docs and I agree with you it'll have to now be it seems like to me done in July but we should be as for as for our attorneys I asked a few questions this afternoon and I just make sure we're within policy I think because it was dated June 20th kind of inhibit us a little bit but that I uh, thank you Mr. Hudson that uh, refreshes my recollection we got the ruling that as long as it's on there uh, to, to 2019-2020 we should be able to revisit it the whole the whole the whole year so okay. Right on that. That's I mean, you don't have to, you know, it doesn't mean it'll, it'll go through, but it's something that certainly can be revisited. Well, for the parents that are waiting for that decision, I apologize. We will wait 
another month until we, if we were able to change that. Now, I, I do just want to say, just so I'm on record here, that both of those schools are completely over the 95%. So whether there's a trade or whatever, it would be opening a door. I just want to throw that out. Yeah, I understand. That's why it'd be something that might be a contested vote, but it, I'm just trying to look out and give a voice to in-district students and parents. Okay. Does anyone else have any questions? We would need a motion. I make motion a motion. Second. Second. Is there a second to the motion? Yeah. Second. Second. All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you. Thank you. Any River School District return to the workplace plan, Mr. Steele? Mr. Barlow, we have been working uh, on our guidelines for returning to work. We've been utilizing our DOE guidelines that were sent to us uh, from DOE and DPH. Uh, we talked about this in cabinet and we've, we've kind of worked through this. We talked to our administrators uh, today and what we would like to do and what we're going to do is going to follow suit with the other school districts. And that is once we begin phase three, all administrators will be back uh, full force, full day at work. Uh, custodians will be back full force. We will rotate our secretaries in on an every other day, having coverage each day in our buildings for approximately a week uh, to two weeks max. At that particular point, by the end of July, we would like to be full force in our buildings, uh, proceeding on to opening in September. Of course, those guidelines are going to depend on any changes at the state level uh, that we have to incur. Um, there's still a concern uh, we're going to have to deal with, uh, such as in areas where we have more than, than one secretary possibly putting up some types of shields. Uh, we're going to have to take a look at the employees wearing masks when we're in close quarters or uh, face shields. And we're prepared to do that and move forward. Uh, but that's the timeline that we're looking at currently. I will say for the administrators in this building, um, looking at the other school districts and looking at the Indian River School District, I will tell you that we have had our schools manned with an administrator and secretary every day since um, April the 1st. And you know, we've had central office manned as well. Um, we've had some departments that we've left working outside of the area just because of the proximity of where their work area is in the building. And right now we're going to be taking the safeguards we need to take for a safe opening. And uh, that's, that's the timeline that we're looking at. Any other questions? Two thousand and twenty summer hours, Mr. Steele. Yeah, we have talked about the the summer hours. Uh, what we need to do with those? Uh, I've talked with the administrative team. Uh, the ten hour day versus the eight hour day. Uh, they've talked. I think uh, in some cases, you know, talking with the custodial staff, they prefer we get going full force to work ten hour days. They can get more done instead of starting and stopping. 
Uh, last month I talked about this. We went back, we looked at it. And we're still going to recommend that we start uh, July 1st. We go on a four-day work week with expanded hours to make sure that we get the work done that needs to be done. Does anyone have any well, questions? I have, question. I have a question on it because I, I, I can tell you right now, I won't, I'm not in favor of these 10-hour days. And I have had conversations with several people in schools, the custodians, various people on there. We're not back, we're not even going to be back to full force until maybe mid-July anyway. So you're not going to be working 10-hour days. At then you go mid-July, in August, we start back to our regular quote-unquote times, our eight-hour days, because we're getting ready for school to start. I don't see how it justifies 10-hour days, because everybody's getting paid the hour, everybody's getting paid what they've always gotten paid, whether they're working those hours or not. And the other thing I was told was they said, well, that was because we did this ESCO and we we based it on four hour, our four day work weeks, 10 hour days, so that we would be able to um, benefit from that Friday off. Well, we haven't worked complete days since March the 16th. And I, somebody's got to give me a figure as to how that justifies. ESCO, uh, Mrs. Wright, I can tell you now, the ESCO, and I had uh, Mr. Booth, he's here if we need to ask him a question. The ESCO project itself, we asked uh, what the effect would be by opening up the fifth day. They did not, it, they felt it would be negligible whether we go five days a week or four days a week at this particular point. Uh, we'd be saving two hours a day on the air conditioning uh, and the, the electrical use at the buildings. On the other hand, you know, if we go the 10 hour days, then we have that off day that we don't. They think that either way, it will work out pretty close to the same thing. The thought of the process would be is that in a 10 hour day, and again, we discussed this this morning with the administrators at a, at a uh, cabinet meeting, is once you get into the building in 10 hours, you can get a lot of work done for a 10 hour period. In this particular case, you're going to find, even though that this is the plan to bring administrators back full time, we're going to have administrators in the building and we'll work those 10 hour days once we're in that building. That's not, that's not an issue. So whoever's in that building is going to work 10 hours. But they're going to also have to complete it in the off days as well. And I, I can give you a good example. Our two high school principals have to construct a master schedule. That takes an immense amount of time. And in a 10-hour day, you can get a lot of work done. In an eight-hour day, you shut down early. You start later. But once you get going and get moving, they feel that the 10-hour days are more beneficial to them than going. Now, I'm going to be honest. I know that, that your comment about the working, the, the, the partial time, I'm going to tell you, I will speak for myself and anybody else who can do it. I'll speak for the directors and I'll speak for Jay Owens. We worked a lot longer than eight hour days. I can tell you that now, much, much longer during this time that we have been uh, subject to being work from home and in the building. The time that I missed was during knee surgery. Uh, Jay has, has had about one day I think he's missed during the entire time. We have put out documents. We have held Zoom meetings. And in talking to parents, when you take a look at what teachers do, you can't fit it in an eight to four time frame. Some of the meetings we had were before eight. A lot of the meetings we had 
were well after hours and sometimes in the evening, six, seven o'clock. So the time that we put in to do the job, I rest assured, is the eight hours or more on each day that we've had. I, and I have no problem justifying that. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're saying, Mark, for the chosen few that we're talking about, but I'm talking about district-wide, but I'm, it's, not, it's a mute point. I, I made that comment. I, I will vote accordingly. I just think it's not in the best interest of the district. We would need a board vote, Mr. Barlow, to move forward on this. Any other questions? My only question, my only question is, uh, it's been, we've been doing the four day, the four day uh, work weeks in the summer for a number of years now, right? Yes. I mean, so, uh, so is there a question? Is it just simply because of the current circumstances? Agree. Is? If it was regular, I wouldn't. I, you're right. But 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 that's fine. You that's, that's okay. I voice my concern. That's okay. I'd like to make a motion. We move on with the proposal. I. <laughs> hey, we we would need a motion to approve the summer hour schedule. Can somebody clarify the summer hour schedules are a four 10 hour day week? Yes, right? three. It's three. I believe it's three 10 hour days and one nine and a half hour day. I believe it works out to, to what we have to put in. It's a seven to five Monday through Wednesday. And I believe seven to four 30 on Thursdays. Thank you for clarity. We would need a motion to approve the summer work schedule. I moved. Is there a second? Second. And motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Opposed. Okay. This is trouble, Phil. You call the roll, please. Okay. Mr. Barley? Yes. Mr. Cathal? Yes. Mr. Collins? Mr. Collins? Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Dr. Hattier? I'm sorry, I'm muted. Yes, please. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Dr. Sattler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? No. Okay, that is eight yes, one no. Motion passes by a majority vote. 2020 annual leave carryover, Mr. Steele. This will be actually, I'm gonna have uh, uh, Celeste Bunting, if she would. Uh, she's been dealing with this at the state level through personnel and I'd like her to address this issue. Ms. So Sure, this has been a big discussion um, amongst state agencies and school districts in the state. Um, currently in the legislature, there's a draft and epilogue language that states 12 month employees will be able to carry over their excess vacation days for a period of six months. Normally you can't carry over more than 42 from year to year if you have more than 42 on June 30th, you lose the excess and you start July 1 with 42 um, 
vacation days. Those are ones you've accumulated through the years. So what this um, legislature is reviewing and considering is language that states those excess days can be carried over for a period of six months and state employees can use them. They cannot be used for cash out for retirement. So it doesn't increase the amount of money somebody would get when they retire. And then if they're not expended in the six month period of time, then they go away. Now, the part of this is epilogue language is not voted on until June 30th. So, and July 1 is the date. So what we're asking the board to do is to take a vote approving that pending the passage of the epilogue language. That way, if the epilogue language passes, individuals who have more than that can carry those over and not lose the days. Do I have any questions from board members on this? Okay. Thank you. Celeste, you do need a motion for this, is that correct? Yes, I do need a motion. Yes, please. Any other questions? So moved. Okay, we need a motion. So moved. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. DSBA dues, Mr. Steele. Mr. Barley, um, we have, we're at that point in time where we have the, the dues for DSBA, uh, $14,958. Uh, I was a very strong advocate that the board go back and join DSBA after years. I think uh, we have uh, Mrs. Wright here. We have Dr. Hattier here. Don Marinucci has been leading the DSBA. And I think that organization has gone a, a totally different direction than past. I would highly recommend the board rejoin DSBA for another year. I totally agree. I think they've been very communicative. They've kept us in the loop on a lot of things. Um, I certainly get enough messages from them that make me feel like I'm, I'm part of a bigger group that, that keeps me well informed. I think it's money well spent and Mr. Marinucci is doing a good job for us. I agree, Doctor. I agree. He is, he is very much on top of the things that are going on, especially now with this virus. He's, he's, he's got his connections. He does. You'd need a vote to move forward with this. Need a motion to approve. I like him. Second. 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 Yes. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Science curriculum. Good evening, everyone. Uh, you should see a PowerPoint in front of you, but. Um, we are at that point in the year where we need to make a proposal for a science curriculum um, purchase and adoption. We have um, a cycle that we work through to make sure that we're providing up-to-date curriculum for all of our teachers. And over the past year, we have been going through a science pilot K through eighth grade. Um, and what we would like to share with you tonight is the pilot information that we um, have gathered throughout this year and the recommendation that our department is making for a science curriculum purchase. So 
course. I'm going to experience technical difficulties trying to get through the PowerPoint. One second. Okay. You should see the second slide now. Um, just to kind of give you a timeline of where this all began. We, up until this point, have been a member of the Science Coalition, and we've been using what are known as the Smithsonian kits. And just to give you information around those kits, they're about 23 years old, and they are not aligned with the um, NGSS, which is Next Generation Science Standards, which are the standards that the state of Delaware has adopted for science K through 12. We, as a member of the Science Coalition, have to pay an annual membership. And I can remember years back, prior to 2019, our annual membership that covered all students in the Indian River School District K through 12 was running us about 40,000 a year. In 2019, that cost increased to a little over 70,000 a year. It was around that time that the Science Coalition decided they were going to try to oversee their own curriculum purchase and started raising the cost that districts would have to pay in order to maintain membership in the coalition. To the most recent bill that we received being almost $125,000 for an annual membership. So you can see in one year it almost doubled in cost for us. Um, Kelly Dorman and myself in conjunction with cabinet kind of looked at financials um, and decided that we could probably do much better purchasing our own curriculum for our students, one that is up to date and NGSS aligned and probably spend less money, if not around the same, um, on our own. So that's when we decided to embark on a pilot program with science teachers K through eight, and you see that as step three. And then as they piloted, what we did is we brought in three different programs. All teachers were given a period of time which lasted about a marking period to use those programs in the classroom with students. And we kept data, we collected information from them on the pros and cons of the use of the program. And they were involved and provided feedback throughout this entire process throughout the year. So then what happened in step four is we had to bring those teachers then together. We brought elementary teachers together and secondary separately, and we had conversations with them around which curriculum they thought was the best for the students in the Indian River School District. And at that point in time, I can say proudly that it was a unanimous decision at the elementary level, and it was a nearly unanimous by one vote um, at the secondary level for us to adopt Amplify and I'm about to give you some information about that. The interesting part of this is this will be kind of the first time that we have a curriculum in the district that's being used K through eighth grade, and that's exciting in itself as well. So what is Amplify Science? It is NGSS driven. Um, it has a focus on those STEM practices that you're hearing so much about. Um, such as models, investigating, analyzing, interpreting data, using mathematical reasons, reasoning. And it, is, it has been created after extensive 11 years of research and field testing with the Lawrence Hall of Science. Uh, their approach is one of do, talk, read, write, and visualize. So it incorporates all of those modalities. And it's a digitally enhanced curriculum, meaning that it doesn't solely rely on the technology, but it does have all of those technological components, which we're learning is um, probably a good thing considering the remote learning situation we found ourselves in this spring. 
Each unit begins with a very realistic scientific problem that leads kids through understanding phenomena in the world. Excuse me. And they're asked to take, the, take a look at that through the lens of a scientist or some other sort of engineering professional in order to solve and explain what is happening. There are lots of supports for our English learners and all struggling students, special ed students as well. And the data that the Lawrence Hall of Science and Amplify has been able to provide us indicates significant student achievement growth, even particularly in the lower performing cells. So here's what we bring to you tonight. We have been able to work out an eight year um, curriculum package with them. And that's not so uncommon to purchase a curriculum for eight years. I think some of our curricula, like what I said, science has been 23 years. Um, EL prior to our most recent adoption was 16 years. And in talking with other districts that have adopted a science program, and a lot of them are going to Amplify, have also um, signed on for an eight year contract. Um, the good thing about that is, one thing that most people worry about with such an extensive contract is, well, it's gonna be outdated before we you know, ever get to pick another one. In this case, um, Amplify has a contract with the Lawrence Hall of Science through 2032, and they provide annual updates and refinements to the program according to the standards that are in place. So we, and I can tell you, the company has been hugely responsive. Um, any questions, concerns our teachers have, we get an answer just like that. So what is included in the contract? Um, remote learning preparations in case in the event that we have to go hybrid or full remote again in the fall, they're already looking forward to preparing packets that we can send home to students that provide work for those kids who may not have access. It includes all teacher and student licensing. It includes materials kits. So if there are goggles that are needed for particular labs or simulations, those materials come with these. Um, EL and struggling learner supports, P the PD is included, digital curricular enhancements, interactive student journals, and technological support. And as I said, they've been very, very responsive to us. What we've been able to work out is a contract that we would pay in three installments. The first payment would be 50%, which we would make this summer or this fall at um, $671,735.98. Payment two would then be due the following year. And payment three, the following fall after that, both of those being very similar except for one penny in, in cost. This equates to about $167,168,000 per year for eight years of a curriculum and we are affecting approximately 7,300 students in K through eight in our district. And as I said, the coalition has already been increasing their costs, and that number that I showed you, I'm gonna go back real quick to that first slide. 2020, we were billed of 124,944, and I know that our predicted cost for 2021 was gonna be closer to $167,000. So you can see the increasing cost each year um, with our annual cost of approximately $168,000, we, we are able to um, potentially save ourselves more money with their increasing costs. So with that, um, are there any questions? Um, I have a question. Yes. Maybe for Tammy, uh, 
in our budget, there's supposed to be a line item for curriculum costs. What do we have in that, that budget? And do we see any other curriculum changes in the next coming years for math or ELA? Will this drain us for other curriculum supposedly being purchased? Mm -hmm. So we have that set aside from the referendum um, from 2017 that I believe is eight cents um, from that referendum. It's for textbooks, technology, et cetera. And right now there's a balance of $2,030,000 in there. And do we know uh, cyclical wise what the next curriculum we need to purchase and how far out we are? So we do have a um, cycle. We try to work fairly like through a five-year process with some curriculum and in this case might be starting a new schedule with this being an eight-year basis. But um, obviously we want to take a look at high school science curriculum since they were not included in this pilot. Um, but a lot of high school science curriculum right now is open source, which means it comes free of charge to school districts. So um, just to put that out there, a lot of the higher end courses are becoming open source materials. In elementary, we would not at this time, um, you know, our ELA and our math programs are not that old. Um, so we, we won't be renewing those anytime soon. And with eight cents going in each year, do we know dollar wise how much that equates to roughly? Each year, um, through May, it's been um, 1.25 million. Per year? Roughly, yeah. What are, we getting per, what are we getting per penny on taxes now? Um, it's about 176,000, I believe. Hang on one second. Plus or minus? Uh, 171. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, I do. The implication in, in the way this is being presented is telling me that the Science Coalition is not updating their material. Is that correct? Dr. Hattier, they attempted to, but um, for lack of a better word, it, it, it sort of failed because um, districts that bought into this idea of the coalition doing the pilot and the purchase for them, soon all the districts started to withdraw because they noticed that the cost was gonna be more than if we just did it ourselves and they were not getting the support that they expected to get from the coalition. So we were the seventh district to drop out of the coalition once these costs started increasing. Okay. Um, so you're saying that the costs are probably going to increase past 167 or 168 in the next few years um, with not the same level of support because, I mean, we're, we're going to be spending a fair amount of money on this. Mm -hmm. um, it almost looks in a way like we'd be substituting one cost for another. In other words, if 167 with them or 167 with the other people. Correct. And the other curriculum that the Science Coalition, good point, I should have said this before, but the curriculum that the Science Coalition decided to purchase was one that we did include in our pilot, and it received some of the lowest scores. Okay. 
that's worth knowing. Thank you. Yeah, our teachers completely made this decision and I have to publicly thank Kim Kleinstuber because she took the leadership role in this whole pilot program and has been absolutely outstanding. All right, so that tells me that if Kim is going to support it, it means that this is going to benefit um, our friends at Ingram's Pond and help keep that program going strong. She has been, right? you are correct. She's been involved 1000%. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yep. And I think Linda Hockman had a question on the message board. Can you see that? Um, Renee, it says, is the science already aligned with our standards so teachers aren't redoing it in the summer? Well, we're still inviting science teachers to participate in our curriculum mapping this summer, yes, but it is completely aligned and that is the main reason why it was chosen. Great. Any other questions? We will need a motion. I'd like to make a motion we accept this presentation. Have, is there a second? second. Motion second, made. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you. Thank you. Any River High School requests for outside concrete pad expansion in front of the cafeteria, Mr. Fritz? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so at Indian River High School, uh, Mr. Williams is making a request to uh, expand the concrete pad outside the cafeteria. Um, the area is going to be about 360 square feet, and uh, it, it simply is going to allow more room for outside seating, lunch area, et cetera. Cost is $2,376 to come from minor cap. Anybody have any uh, further questions? I, I do. Um, I, I think it's greatly needed. I, I will support it. I just have a, a concern, safety concerns. I know when we put the trailers out at Sussex Central, we had to put a fence out. And when uh, students change classes, I think there's an SRO present. Was there any talk on safety putting a fence or SRO when students are out on the picnic tables eating? Is, is Mr. Williams on? Yeah, I just, can. Um, just safety concerns. I, I, I think it's a great idea, but has safety been? Yeah, the, the request currently right now, there's um, probably six picnic tables. This is going to give us probably another four. And uh, it would only be used during our lunches. During our lunches, we have staff. Uh, we have a constable that's out there. And we do also have an SRO, but our constables are always assigned to the cafeteria during that time and, and would be available that, to that area. And it would only be used during that time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, I have a question, please. And this is for Joe. Is concrete really going for six bucks and sixty cents a square foot now, Joe Booth? He did not. He did not advertise. Um, he didn't put down what the concrete was, but I think we paid. I think. Paid about um, what was it six hundred? What did I tell you, Doc? The last time six hundred for two yards, three yards. So I had to get back to you on the price. Uh, this includes the work uh, to dig it out, the labor. 
The Got labor it. and the concrete are mixed in here. Got it. So I'm not sure. There's the bill. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can see that. It's very faint, but it is posted now. Yeah, and um, we're, as far as I know, any river staff will take away the stones. So that's why I wrote down the 2376 figure. Okay. Purpose. They can repurpose that aggregate. Yes. Yes. Are there any other questions? We would need a motion. Yeah, I'll make a motion. We go ahead. Second. 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 Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Thank you. Next item would be the request for additional office space in the library at Sussex Central High School. Okay, we've done this before. Sussex Central High School uh, putting in partition, creating uh, extra office space uh, in what is the library area. And this is again a, a similar request to, to one that we've already done. Uh, you'll see it's creating an office space. Uh, it's going to be on the uh, eastern side of the library. And uh, it'll be a half wall window, et cetera. The cost is $6,502. Again, the cost is coming, or the, it's coming, uh, price cost of it's coming from minor cap. Questions? If there's no questions, I'd like to make a motion that we proceed with this request. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay. Ne next item is uh, Southern Delaware School of the Arts is uh, the request for a, uh, a wall separation to create additional uh, room classroom and that request is uh, coming from uh, Mr. Bauer. You'll see the cost is $4,950 for the new wall, drywall, door framing, etc. Again, would be coming from uh, minor cap. Questions? Need a motion? I make a motion that we move forward with the proposal. Is there a second? I have a, well. Motion made I'll and second. second. Discussion. Second. All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Millsboro Middle School requests for a classroom division wall. Yep, and this is the same, uh, same type of request. Millsboro Middle School requesting that a uh, wall be, uh, be installed to create additional classroom space and uh, it'll it'll create uh, was a classroom 147 will be able to be divided making two full classrooms and the cost on this is $2,638 again coming out of uh, minor cap if there's no questions on this I make a motion we move forward with this proposal second correct Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Sussex Central High School cheer uniforms uh, 
Mr. Steele forward pictures. They uh, look okay. They're school colors. So we need a motion to approve. No move. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Okay, the architectural engineering service services proposals. We would need a motion. I'll make a motion that we go ahead to interview the top two uh, scores in the recent interview process that you did. I'll second it. Motion is for the top two. Is there a second to the motion? Second. Motion made and seconded. Is there any other discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. The uh, tax relief request, we would need a motion. I'll make a motion that we table that one at this time. Second. Second. Motion is to table. Motion that's made and seconded to table. All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Business, uh, major capital planning, Mr. Steele. Thank you, Mr. Marley. We've got uh, a couple things. We, we just voted a couple minutes ago on the um, architectural proposals. I would like to thank uh, the, the individuals here from uh, IREC and the board and uh, Sussex Central High School who participated in, in those ratings. Uh, you know, we needed to get that done before we move forward. Now, the other part here I need to report out on Keep your fingers crossed for the bond bill. Uh, Mrs. Smith, I know you're here, so if you want to unmute. We just looked at information um, this afternoon. This is not official, but it appears that we are going to get a good chunk of money the first year in the bond bill to start the planning process for Sussex Central High School. Uh, we, we did not know uh, a couple weeks ago if that was going to happen. It all depend on the defect and the budget. I do know that Mike Jackson uh, at OMB has been doing a fantastic job trying to make things work. We're not, we're not going to see interruptions. And one of the key things that we were afraid was that the bond bill would be something that could be cut. It still could be. It has not been official. It won't be voted on until probably June 30th. But right now, we were looking today, I believe, Tammy, tell me if I'm wrong, around $8 million dollars. In, in funding for the first year, which would put us with feet running, um, you know, in July to move forward once the firm's on to go ahead and actually start the planning and design phase. So keep your fingers crossed. It's not official yet. It still has to be voted on by the state legislature. Hopefully that'll happen. Um, it, it all ha will happen. And we hope it stays exactly where it is now. Correct, but that was um, revised bond bill based on the bond bill committee meeting last week after the most recent defect projections came out. So they marked it up and it's going to the legislature. So if all else, if, if all else goes through, then we're in great shape. Second, uh, talking about Howard Tiannis, we have a really good news. And what's really ironic is tonight about 
10 minutes before I walk next door uh, to help get a couple of our board members on their, their Zoom meeting for exact session, I received a phone call from uh, by a lady by the name of Sandra Mazalas. Uh, she is the granddaughter of Howard T. Ennis and has read about the school and has asked that if we could contact the family, they have family members, that once we build this building and have the ground breaking after before we build it, they would love to be part of that. So we'll make sure uh, that we contact Ms. Mazalas to make them part of that. The other good part about Howard T. Ennis, uh, Joe, you're on here, so feel free to, to chime in as well. Um, now that we've got a better picture on regulatory approval, they think they can pick up a little bit of time on the project. And they approved the um, therapy pool, the small pool that they're going to use to DHSS for approval last week. And they believe that today they would be able to submit to OMB. And they're assuming four weeks for review and one week to respond to any questions that OMB may have. But they're right now anticipating that we will go to bid on October the 1st and uh, up through our week taking a look at that on the 13th, taking a look at coming to the uh, buildings and ground meetings to recommend the bids, the, the winning bids. And it looks like hopefully we'll have ground, ground groundbreaking if everything goes as scheduled the first week of November. So we are on course. I will tell you, we did get through regulatory quickly. Uh, Ferning down to the very, very Ken Fern and, and Wade and Daniel did a very good job. Uh, working with Dell Dot to make sure we got through those regulatory issues. So we've cleared those hurdles. And now if we go through OMB for the final markup, then we're ready to go to bid. Generally, I will tell you, once you get through your regulatory and get to OMB, I think the design of the building and the need of the building, I do believe it'll be uh, you know, quickly reviewed and they will be on top of whatever comments that they need to address uh, from OMB. So very, very good news with Howard Tiennis and you know, we're continuing to move forward there. Mark, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add that uh, this week, and I'm not sure the exact time, but Sussex uh, County Planning and Zoning will approve the, uh, the, the site plan for Howard Tiennis. Uh, that is a virtual meeting as well, um, held in the County Council Chambers uh, by their members. Uh, and that'll be at 530 uh, this Thursday. And that's one of the, one of the approvals that, that we need, one of the bigger approvals that we needed to. And uh, Mr. Barley, that concludes uh, those two reports. Any other questions? D.W. Carver consent update. That'll be Dr. Brittingham. Good evening, everyone. Our updates are very quick tonight as Dr. Jerns pulls up the slide and it's just the middle one really. Um, we have a follow-up to our first community advisory board meeting tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, our first meeting went really, really well, but there was some business we left unfinished due to time constraints. So we're having a follow-up tomorrow morning. Um, final transition plans for students due to the closing of the Carver Academy program are in progress and will be finalized this summer. There are currently five students awaiting follow-up meetings over the summer. Some families wanted more time to consider their options and others just needed a rescheduled date due to their own schedule. So we're just working on getting all of them scheduled. A number of them will actually be held on June 25th. 
Um, the Department of Instruction and the Department of Special Services co-hosted three virtual professional development trainings that were well attended by district staff and wrapped up last week. Um, the three topics were on our targeted intervention for student success programming, special education procedural safeguards, and a faculty book talk on Dr. Ruby Payne's book, Emotional Poverty. Those are all my updates tonight. Any questions? Questions? Anything for administrative salaries? Thank you all. Or salaries? Administrative positions or salaries? Nothing? Committee reports. Policy, Mr. Collins. Good evening. I'm going to focus on those policies that are the first and second reading. Um, first policy would be IND, which is the uh, school period commencement. Uh, basically, the only change to this is removing the sentence stating that the senior class can select their keynote speaker by any means they see necessary and actually removing the name keynote and replacing it with just speaker or guests. On JG.1, uh, school bully cyber prevention, on page one, it's uh, um, correcting the correct, actually installing the correct Delaware code number. And then on page three, adding a paragraph um, for the manner in which the coordinating committee will be established and run. And then on page four and five, language uh, basically stating the parents will be notified of a bullying incident involving their child. On JECCA, on page two, uh, we're removing, under the uh, definition of returning student, removing the, um, the language relating to the kindergarten center and adding a bullet point for what is not included as a returning student. Um, the bullet point states, in-district students have, who have been assigned to a district school due to the redesign of a school attendance boundaries. Uh, this has been added because we do believe at some point with the uh, new schools, once the new schools are built and with the uh, current overcrowding issues that we will have to look at some redistricting and this may be necessary. Um, I know it's a couple years out, but we're trying to get ahead of the curve on this one. Uh, policy GA, personnel policies. Um, basically, it's some grammar issues, uh, moving and adding um, and retain and taking out a LY on the last bullet point. On D, physical management. And I believe this is going to be, oops, first and second. Um, on D, fiscal management, that is a first and second also. Uh, removing the language relating to the State of Delaware fix, Fixed Asset Manual and replacing it with the State of Delaware School Construction Technical Assistance Manual. Um, the last two policies are both second readings and were already presented in February. 
unless I have some questions, and I, Renee, if that was you putting them up, I apologize for going quickly. Um, if there's any questions, no, I'll take all good. this time. Um, otherwise, I'd make a motion to present the policies as presented. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 That is unanimous. Thank you. Superintendent's report, Mr. Steele. Thank you, uh, Mr. Barley. Um, earlier this evening in exec session, I had the opportunity to talk a little bit to the board, and I'm going to make an announcement uh, tonight. I think it's the right time for me to make this announcement. And I've been a employee of uh, this district for over 39 years. And it's been an honor <clears throat> to uh, represent the district. And I thank the school board for giving me a lot of leeway in the last four years. But I think I've reached a point where retirement is where I need to go. And you'll hear through the course of your careers that you'll know when it's time. And I've been battling this for the last year. And uh, my family has you know, discussed it with me. Uh, I've thought a lot about it. And I think at this stage of the game, I think it's time for me to hang it up. Um, couldn't work for greater people, in my opinion. And for 39 years, this district has treated me great. And you know, with that said, I look at the accomplishments I look at the people in this room this evening, and I can tell you that where we've gone and where we've come, particularly in the last four years, has been a combined effort of all of the people that you see in this room. We've had hard discussions, we've agreed, we've disagreed. Some cases we've even yelled at each other. But at the end of the day, I believe we made the right decisions in the decisions we made. I don't have any doubt the strength of this school district with the people that we have involved. Our school leaders are phenomenal. When I go to other districts and I hear what people do and how we do it, and I said a little bit this evening, no matter what I ask, they do it. And sometimes I get a little pushback and the best part of my job is nobody in this room is afraid to tell me that I'm getting ready to make a mistake or I'm wrong. And that is what's helped me develop the leadership abilities that I've developed over the years by listening to good people. But this district is a great district. We've managed to accomplish more things in, in, in the, the, the 50 years that we've, we've been in operation than anybody else that's comparable size. The board members give countless hours and they hear most bad things, they don't always hear good things. But let me tell you something from sitting where I sit, it's a pleasure to work with every single one of you. You're great people. But I just think it's time for Mark Steele when I need to make that decision that I need to do something for me. So uh, that's it. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you, Financial Mark. Financial reports, uh, Mrs. Smith. We need a motion to pay the regular invoices for the month of May of 2020. So moved. So moved. A second. 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 Made a second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? That is unanimous. Mrs. Smith? 
Good evening. Mr. Steele is a hard act to follow, but I will try my best. Uh, the reports in front of you are as of May 31st. We were 92% of the way through the fiscal year. We've received 97% of our total budgeted revenue, spent 75% of our total budgeted expenses. We've received 100.5% of discretionary revenue and spent 94% of discretionary expenses. Howard Tienes has spent 92.6% of their budget and we've received 99% of budgeted local tax revenue. For uh, the second report, um, we received approximately $74,000 in interest in May for the month of April. The ILC programs have spent 87% of their budgets. The student activity funding balance is approximately $412,000. We have $3.7 million in federal funds available, and we're holding almost $1.3 million in donations and student funds and internal accounts. For major cap, there were no changes in May. We paid no, no invoices. And for minor cap, we've spent approximately 2.6 million with a balance remaining of 833,000. Any questions? Okay. Any questions on that? Not for me, no. thank you. We need the 2000, 2020, 2021 tax rates. Yes. Um, Dr. Jerns, will you put those up? Yes. Sorry, technical. No, you're fine. <laughs> Is that what you need? Yes, thank you. For fiscal year 2021, I'm recommending a tax rate of $3.9.84. That's a slight increase from the prior year. A portion of that is due to the referendum that we passed back in February um, for debt service. That rate is actually going up less than we projected um, due to the um, paying off of debt. For tuition, um, we have an increase of about four and a half cents for that. Um, that is due to the cost of special education rising and an increase in special education children. Um, we are also predicting an increase in compensatory services that we have to provide due to the school closures um, for COVID-19. We are receiving some stimulus money that can go toward that, but it will be used for a lot of different um, purposes, including cleaning supplies, um, protective equipment, and those types of things. Um, and then minor cap, the rate slightly decreased. Um, that is based on the original bond bill, so we may see some slight changes in that as it goes through the legislature. Do we have any, any questions on the tax rates? So I apologize, I do have a question. So we are raising this. We just passed a referendum, asked people to pay for more money, and now we are going to be raising the part of the taxes we control as a district, correct? Correct. 
appreciate the explanation, but I'm not in favor of that. I have calculated the increase um, for the average taxpayer works out to be about $14.42 per year. If you look at the increase, it seems as if a lot of it is coming from the special ed sector. And I'm not sure that we were able to predict the special ed sector to where it has grown when we first came up with the uh, uh, you know, plan for the referendum. Now, that was five cents by itself. And that is most of the increase that we're talking about if you look at it. I, I don't like the idea of raising it either, but I do know from what I've seen in the special ed, frankly, I think we're probably even now gonna be short money and short staff to handle what the new special ed requirements are going to be. And just like in my profession, it constantly changes, they constantly ask for more and they constantly don't give us enough money to do what we need to do. I just have a feeling we're more or less stuck with it if we expect to keep up with what the law demands. Mr. Steele, permission to talk about the deficit with the comp ed that we're anticipating? Please do, Judy, I was getting ready to chime in. Please do. Okay, no. so unfortunately with the pandemic, it really has put us behind the eight ball because we're estimating about a million dollars and that's a conservative estimate in compensatory services that we're gonna owe our most impacted special education students. And with the CARES Act, we're only working at about, uh, right now we've assigned about $500,000, and Tammy, correct me if that's wrong, but right around $500,000, so we're already going into the deficit, even with the CARES money. And um, our most impacted students, like the Howard Tiena students, um, that haven't been able to receive as much education as we would hope with virtual services, we're gonna owe them so many services that we're already going in with the deficit. Yeah. We talked about this today, um, and, you know, initially, um, I was not very happy, you know, when, when, when I was told, and then we took a look, a look at the amount of compensatory ed that we're going to have to pay, and just so you know, the students that we had on remote learning, particularly some of the kids we have at our any school, you know, some of the things that we, we need to do, but I, we, I, we couldn't do just because of the regulations we had. So now we have to go back and make those up. And in order to do that and to do that, you know, the right thing to do as well as the legal thing for us to do, it's going to cost us to do that. Now, here's the good thing. This may be a one year shot. It may be two years, but we can always look at that tax rate in the next year to reduce it as it's needed we would anticipate that that rate would go down, Mr. Layfield. It's just that the current position we're in is just a bad place to be. And I can't argue that. It, it just, it seems ironic. The years we passed the referendum, we decreased the tuition tax to make everything look rosy. And now the referendum gets passed, all of a sudden we jack it up. There's no argument with the shortfall with the coronavirus and uh, all the debt services that we, we have to owe, but it, it just seems ironic to me. And I agree that it is ironic, but you have to factor in that uh, tuition gets changed based on what the need is. That's always been a somewhat moving target. And if we needed it, we used, we asked for it. If we didn't need it, we don't ask for it. And again, I don't like it either, but quite frankly, this is something I've been expecting since all this started because having 
several family members and, and many teachers as, uh, as patients, we know that the services were not being delivered because there was no way that we could. Uh, and at some point, the attorneys are going to have a field day with this. And when they shut everybody down, in this particular case, I do feel as if the government hung us out to dry. But ultimately, we are going to have to provide those services, and that money is going to have to come from somewhere. I, I um, agree, but it, I'd like to see a history when we pass referendums, uh, the, the correlation of the tuition uh, going down, and then after the referendum gets passed, it being jacked back up. Like I said, I think that's something that's been a moving target for as long as I've been on the board, and it's always been based on the need. I don't think there's been a correlation between that and referendums, and that goes back a few years. Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Smith and I looked at that. We looked at the historical data as we were planning this, so we can get all of that to you. Any more questions? We would need a motion to approve the fiscal year 2021 tax rate. Regrettably, I think I have to make the motion that we approve this. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. 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 Opposed? I'm opposed. Mr. Barley? Yes. Mr. Cathal? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Mr. Fritz? No. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Hudson? No. Mr. Layfield? No. Mr. Peden? No. Dr. Statler? No. Mrs. Wright? No. Five yes and five no. The motion fails for lack of a majority vote. Come to the public comment section the board meeting. Anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment, we have 15 minutes. We have one person who has signed up so far, Keith Johnson. Good evening, good evening, everybody. Um, appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak in front of you guys. And uh, just had uh, two hats that I wear this evening. Um, one hat as a parent uh, of a graduating senior. I just wanna extend a thank you to the board, to the administration uh, for allowing our seniors to graduate and allowing the parents to enjoy that opportunity to see our uh, graduating seniors walk across the stage. Uh, I was a graduate of Indian River High School and uh, I still have memories of that moment and I appreciate the hard work and dedication that was put into uh, making that happen, postponing graduation to make that all possible. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, my second hat for this evening uh, is dealing with uh, the bus contractor uh, business that we own, Johnson Transportation. Uh, that my wife and I own. Um, as a school bus contractor, uh, we nor several other bus contractors were aware of a district policy that restricts contractors um, from accepting new routes in the future 
if if at any point uh, our company were to request to adjust a bus route in order to eliminate a particular stop uh, due to some long-term issues that that we were having on a particular bus route. Uh, we are a contractor of, of sizable portion for the district. We have 30 routes within the district. We've been serving you guys um, for 10 years uh, now. So um, with those 30 routes, we were having problems with, with one route in particular. Um, the district can and has adjusted our routes at any time in the past. As part of the contract, it was written in there that, that they do have that right to adjust our routes. Um, so in one instance, they completely switched one of our routes last year, uh, giving us a whole new territory, um, as well as adding on doubles and triples over time, uh, making our, our drivers and us manage uh, a larger portion of students. Um, contractors have no say into those changes. Several years ago, we accepted an obligation to help the district out uh, with one particular route only to find out that once we're into that route, that we're apparently we're locked into it for a lifetime, uh, not really being able to request a change, and we're only requesting a change for, for one particular stop. Uh, a previous contractor had had issues with that route, and thus that's when we ended up taking it over. Their, their route was switched to another part of the territory within the district. Um, 30 seconds, we, Mr. That, Johnson, excuse me, 30 seconds. Thank you. Um, different area to alleviate that problem. Um, we're willing to be part of the solution. Um, we've offered several options, and we have been uh, returned with an option. Uh, we just don't want to be restricted from being able to grow within the district and continue to serve the district uh, with acquisition of new routes or existing routes with other contractors. Um, so we want to be able to serve the district in that re respect. Um, please feel free on an individual basis or on a group basis or however we can do this in this changing time that we're in to contact myself or my wife, Rebecca, uh, to, um, to come up with a little bit more specific information about what I'm discussing. I don't want to get into too many details right at this moment, but I appreciate your time and to reflect back on what I started with. I really appreciate the hard efforts of the district uh, to come up with a graduation ceremony for our seniors and to, to celebrate that. And by far, that was awesome. And I, I spoke with several of you in person or over the phone. And so once again, thank you and thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to make a public comment? Charlie, I, I, you can call it public or whatever, but just just to let the, the Indian River High School, Sussex Central High School and Howard T. Ennis know, uh, similar to what Mr. Johnson said, I've heard nothing but great compliments about how it was carried out, how it went off without a hitch. There was a lot of work behind the scenes that was done, but every senior that I have spoken with, every senior's parents or anybody that was connected to them um, has said nothing but good to say about how it was taken. So from myself as a board member, I just wanted to reach out to them and say thank you for a job well done. The only uh, comment I want to add is, you know, coming back a minute ago, we were talking about budgeting and about services being offered to children. And I realize that being a, a school district, that we sometimes have our uh, hands tied as to what 
Department of Education and the governor's office uh, want to dictate. Again, I won't be on this board in another month, but the things you're gonna be dealing with come September um, are gonna be huge. And with the services that our kids have missed out on this past year, and I know I'm a broken record when I keep hitting on this, this topic, uh, our kid, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to push back to Department of Education and the governor's office when they come out with recommendations that they really have no idea how are gonna work in the real world when it comes to our kids and the services that they, uh, that they are required to have. It's a budget issue. It's also uh, a, a lifetime service issue for our kids that are losing valuable time in educating, expanding, developing that they won't get back. Don't be afraid to push back because the people on this uh, meeting, you all know how it works in the real world. You know what can and can't be done, not somebody in a Dover office trying to make a decision for you. Please don't be afraid to push back. Anyone else who wishes to make a public comment? Barley, I was gonna leave it for you too, but I will make sure that we do. As a board member, I'd like to thank Mark Steele for his years of dedicated service to the Indian River School District. Um, there's no one that uh, we felt better to put our, uh, ourselves behind during these referendums, Mark. You led by an example, you work and your staff work extremely hard, but you, hours on end, um, the positivity, being out there, uh, being judged by the public, you did an outstanding job. You've done a great job at Indian River, good job leading the district, and uh, words cannot express uh, my true feelings for you as a leader. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to very much second uh, what's been said uh, certainly to the, the administration in these difficult times, having to come up with not one plan, but five or six, depending on whether we're in phase one or 42 of the governor's plan, um, has been a real load on everybody. It's been hellaciously hard work. And uh, I do give everybody a heck of a lot of credit for that. I really do. Uh, speaking for myself, I'm definitely going to miss uh, Mr. Steele and his very strong leadership. He's never been afraid to, uh, you know, kick the proverbial butt when it needed kicking and praise when it needed to be praised. And I just, I, I feel grateful that I've had a chance to work with somebody like that the last few years. And uh, I know I'm gonna miss you a lot, Mark. So thank you for being there. I just think, Anna, thanks, thanks everybody. It's been a real honor. Okay. Further business come before the board, the meeting's adjourned. Thank you.